Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Um, happy Mother's Day to dads, too. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Honor you today. Happy Mother's Day to my baby mama. Open the sound booth. The mother of my children. Happy Mother's Day to all of you ladies. If you're turning with me, we're going to be in 2 Samuel 20. 2 Samuel 20. And you know, I usually say we're going to talk about a familiar story because after now, after so long, they all seem kind of familiar, but this one's not. So we're going to talk about a not so familiar story today when we start out. But before we read there, um, Mother's Day was started by a lady named Anna Jarvis. She held a memorial service at St. Andrew's Methodist Church in Grafton, West Virginia in 1908. And it became an official U.S. holiday in 1914. So as I was thinking this week about Mother's Day, and it's a big holiday, and I was reading some different stats and stuff like that, and uh, they say now in America, Mother's Day is celebrated all over the world, some at different times, but um, in America, just recently, Mother's Day has passed all other holidays except for one in gift-giving. Um, Christmas is the only one that Americans buy more gifts for than Mother's Day. Father's Day is, I think, 39th on the holiday list. So, uh, hey. Also, it said church attendance, like nationwide church attendance. You know, people always joke about it being Easter and Christmas. Well, Mother's Day has now passed Christmas. More people attend churches in America on Mother's Day than they do Christmas. So it's also in second place there. And Father's Day attendance is lower than average. If you normally run about 70 on Father's Day, they say you'll have around 55 to 60. So it's lower than average. So, I mean, hey, that's not part of the message, though. That's just some good stats. Uh, while I was thinking about Mother's Day this week and the message and praying about what to prepare and what do I know of firsthand about mothers, well, I've only had the privilege of living in a house with two mothers, Susan and Jesse. And the really weird thing is, as I began to think about that, I was thinking, well, I lived with Susan for the first 17 years of my life. And then I moved into this little trailer down here. I moved out. Malachi's about to turn 17. So I've lived with Jesse as a mother for 17 years. Both about the same. Um, and so what we're going to spend this message breaking down a comparison from Jesse to Susan. And by the end, we'll know which one was better and which one's worse. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't want to mess up my white shirt with blood. One thing I do know is that moms love their kids. Even more than some of us outsiders think they should sometimes. Are you serious? You, you, moms will love their kids and defend their kids. And there's an old uh, saying or prayer, whatever you want to call it, is, but it's, it's really true. 
It's God make me the person that my mom thinks I am. Because your mom see the best in you. So today I'm going to talk to you about mothership. The mothership. Take that how you will. The meaning of the word mothership is a large vehicle that leads, serves, or carries other smaller vehicles. Wow. That's a mom. Moms lead and serve and carry and take you from different destinations and She was the vehicle that brought you into this world. Some of your moms may have even said that to you. I brought you into this world and I can... Oh, yeah, I thought so. (laughs) Did your mom ever say any of these things to you? If I've told you once... This hurts me more. I was be like, yeah, right. Okay, then won't you let me spank you, all right? That's what Levi said, and he got spanked again. <clears throat> How about this one? I've had it up to here, but where's here? I should be like, where's here? But sometimes, and you know, sometimes with your mom here, it might be right here today, but here might be up here tomorrow. You, know, you just got to kind of test the waters, push a little bit. I've had it up to here, but I don't know where here is, but moms, moms seem to know where here is. How about this one? If I wanted your opinion, hey, if you don't stop crying, uh-huh. If you're too sick to, well, for me, it was to do school because we were homeschooled. But for most of you, it may have been to go to school. You're too sick to play outside. Well, for us, yeah, now I hear it's uh, too sick to play video games or watch TV. For me, it was to play outside. For you millennials that don't know what that is, it's a space outdoors. We used to play in a thing they called the woods, and it's a group of trees gathered together, and we, like, just ran through them and stuff, and it was glorious. We used a thing called an imagination. You'll read about it in your history books one day. Okay, uh, if you can't say something nice, I'll treat you like an adult when you start... Okay, so apparently we all had the same mom. If evolution worked, moms would probably have more than two hands. Just saying. They need them. My mom is one of my favorite parents. I don't know about y'all. But seriously, they they did some research. And do you know that 50% of all parents are mothers? Is that crazy? 50%. No matter what they had going on, all of your mothers were there at your birth. Can't say that for all your fathers. But every one of your mothers were there, I promise you. 
moms aren't perfect. Well, I thought I'd get some amens on that one. <laughs> and neither are kids. <laughs> Except for Jesus. Mary got the only perfect one, but but they love their kids. They see the best in their kids. Two weeks ago, um, we talked about fresh air, the breath, the wind of God, the Holy Spirit, breathing in that fresh air, catching your breath. Um, So I don't want to go too much into that. But uh, so if you didn't hear that, go back and listen two weeks ago. It's on on the Facebook page. But I want to talk about that a little bit because I feel like a lot of times... It would be easy for a mother or for any of us to get tired, to get overwhelmed, to lose our breath, to need a break. And we need that fresh air, that breath, the the Holy Spirit to give us energy. I feel like lots of moms and all of us find ourselves in a place where we can't catch our breath sometimes. I'm exhausted. I've got no energy. I'm I'm burned out. I'm not doing the things I want to do. Remember Paul said, the thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't do, I want to do. And today I'm going to show you how to catch your breath. And I'm going to show you how to be wise. So we're going to look at this story. Maybe not a super familiar story. Um, In 2 Samuel 20, verse... I'm going to start reading in verse 15. And they came and besieged him in a bill of Bethmecca. And they cast up a bank against the city. And it stood in the trench. And all the people that were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. So they made these giant battering rams. And they're after this guy, and David was the king at this time, and David was like, this guy was rebelling against the king. And so David's like, look, go get him. He's going to be worse than Absalom. So he sent his army to go get him. This guy runs into this city, and they closed up the gates. And so here comes Joab and the army, and they come up, and they fill up the trench. So there's like a little moat that keeps people out. They fill it up so they can walk on it. And then they make these battering rams and they start ramming the wall, ramming the gate over and over and over. And they would go 24 hours a day, shifts, grabbing onto that log and hitting the wall, hitting the wall, ramming the wall, ramming the wall over and over and over. Verse 16 says, then cried a wise woman out of the city there were probably a lot of men in that city in a male dominated time but none of them spoke up the elders that sat at the gate but a wise woman out of the city cried here here say I pray you unto Joab come near hither that I may speak with thee. And when he was come near unto her, the woman said, Art thou Joab? And he answered, I am he. And then she said unto him, Hear the words of thine handmaid. 
And he answered, I do hear. She's like, go get him. She said, hear my words. And he said, okay, I'm listening. You got my attention. She said, listen to me. He said, I'm listening. Ladies, that's smart. Make sure he's listening before you say something important. Please don't do it when he's falling asleep. Don't talk about anything important when he's laying down going to sleep. That's just a side note. That's free. Make sure he's listening. So she said, hear me. And he said, I'm listening. What's up? Verse 18. And then she spake, saying, They were wont to speak in old time, saying, or this is an old parable about this place, about this city. They shall surely ask counsel at it at a bill. And so they ended the matter. People come here from all over to get counsel from this city. This is a good city. And, and they come here to get counsel and the matter settled. They get what they're looking for. They find the answer. I am one of them that are peaceable and faithful. I'm going to give you three things that you need to be a wise woman. There's the first. <laughs> peaceable and faithful. To be a wise woman, you must be peaceable and faithful. You can't just have peace and not be faithful. That's not wisdom. Just always, okay, I'm at peace and I don't want to stir up any conflict, but you're not faithful. But then on the other hand, you can't just be faithful and not have peace. That's not wisdom either. No rest, no fresh air, no peace. Peaceable and faithful in Israel, thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Not just to her children, a mother to the nation. Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? Why are you doing this? She's asking Joab. Verse 20. And Joab answered and said, Far be it. Far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. The matter is not so. But a man of a man of Mount Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bitri by name, hath lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. And the woman said unto Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. Whoa. He's like, hey, we're here for one dude. His name's Sheba. He's the son of a bitchery. All right. And she said, <laughs> he said, you deliver him to me and we're gone. And so you think this woman's going to hem-haw around or try to figure out, well, is there some other? No, she said, all right, I'm about to throw his head over the wall. Give me a second. She wasn't messing around. She was ready to cut the head off of that thing. Why? Because them battering rams were going 24 hours a day. 
knocking pictures off the wall. The walls were cracking. The babies couldn't sleep. The, and they know that as soon as that wall comes down, this whole army's coming in and they're going to be hurting your kids and your businesses and your stores and your house. A lot of people are going to die because of this thing. Because of this rebellion that you've allowed to hide inside of your city, inside of your home, inside of your life. And the king said, get it out. It's just one man. It's just one little bit of rebellion in there. There's so much good in the city. There's all kind of good. Why are you attacking? And he said, hey, then throw out that rebellion and it'll stop. She said, done. How often do we not pull the trigger? When the king shows a little bit of rebellion in us and we're like, well, you know, it's not that bad. There's still a lot of good in the city. Battering rams. Put my family and my city in danger. And then what? She took care of it? No. She didn't take off running in there and grab a machete and chop his head off. Look at verse 22. Then the woman went unto all the people in her wisdom. Hmm. Wisdom says you can't do it on your own. That's the third one. You got to be peaceable, faithful, and you have got to be connected. There's no way you can do it on your own. That woman, I don't care how wise she is, she couldn't have just ran and grabbed this dude, Sheba, and chopped his head off and chunked it over the wall and done. No, she went to everybody. Because you have to be connected. Wisdom says, I can't do this on my own. I don't have the strength to do it. In her wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bitri, and they cast it out to Joab. And he blew a trumpet, and they retired from the city. Every man to his tent, and Joab returned to Jerusalem unto the king. A wise woman is faithful, peaceable, and connected. So what is it? What is that Sheba? What is that rebellion? What is it that's hiding in your city? God, why am I under attack? I've got a good city. I've got a good church, a good family. There's something inside that you've allowed to take residence. And if you will not kill it, the city could be destroyed. It starts small. It's like a little seed that we allow into our life. A, a seed of greed or a seed of anger or a seed of lust or a seed of and we leave it and we let it grow and we let it if y'all can come next week because I got a really good bunch of stuff that I wanted to share about seeds but it starts as a seed and it grows into a big strong tree The king says it must go. It's going to cause destruction. There's going to be a lot of pain from this. Get it out. It's not worth it. If you want to catch your breath, you need rest. And to get rest, you need peace. 
You've got to have peace. And to get peace, kill it. So let's talk about some fresh air. Do you give life or take it? When you get in a conversation with somebody, when you're around people, does more of your day spent giving life or just sucking the life out of everybody and everything? Consuming? Or are you creating life? Are you giving life? Look at Israel's... um, call it Israel's covenant renewal when God was renewing covenant with the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 30 I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life you get to choose that both thou and thy seed may live you get to choose and it affects your kids That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life. He's the life. Remember, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and unto Jacob. To give them. God will give you rest. God will give you peace. Sometimes you need to just stop. We try to do, 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 go, go, go. No rest, no peace. Well, everything won't get done if I stop. So what? I mean, honestly, really, it's okay if everything doesn't get done. You need peace. You need rest, joy, breath. Just stop and breathe sometimes. Rest doesn't mean doing nothing. Rest doesn't mean laying on the couch and eating chocolate-covered cherries all day. That's not rest. I guess that can be rest if that's life-giving to you. But that's not rest is to just lay down. Rest isn't a state of inaction. It's the state of your soul. Are you putting in? Or are you just always trying to pour out? Well, if you're not putting anything back in, then it's a really unhealthy place to try to live spiritually. You can't, you you have nothing to pour out. You're going to get burned out. You're going to feel like you can't catch your breath. You're going to feel like you, I can't do what God's calling me to do because you're not putting in. If I don't put gas into my vehicle, then I can't go anywhere. Tomorrow morning, actually tomorrow's Monday, Tuesday morning, when we get up to take Sky to school, if we've not put gas in the car, we're not going to get him to school. God calls us to do all kinds of things, and, and I think a lot of times we get confused, and we're like, I don't have the strength, I don't have the resources, I, don't have, I can't do what you're calling me to do, God. It's just because I haven't been putting gas in my tank. 
I've not been resting. So play ball and go to the gym and hang out with friends and have coffee. That can be rest. Or that stuff can be work. Depends on the state of your soul. It depends on the type of friends you're having coffee with. It could be rest or it could be draining. It depends on the type of people you're playing ball with. It could be life-giving or it could be (laughs) life-sucking. That was my sound effect for sucking the life out of you. Sorry, bear with me. (laughs) You should have seen the visual. It was even worse. There must be balance. But you should find rest often. You should find a place that you can rest. You should find a way that you can be filled through worship and through the word and through through speaking. And you should have certain friends and relationships in your life that fill you up. That get you in a good place. that, That breathe that life into you. That have the Holy Spirit in them that can breathe it on you. That can stir your baby and the things inside of you that God's placed in you. You've got to have those connections. If you can't breathe, you can't fight. Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Don't give up. Don't quit, Timothy. Fight the good fight. But you can't fight if you can't breathe. You'll tap out. You're going to lose. And you know what? Just like in the natural, it's the same in the spirit. The more you breathe... The harder you breathe, the more intense you get with your rest and your breathing, the longer you can breathe in the fight. The longer you can go. It won't be like, oh, here comes an attack, here comes a fight, and all of a sudden, 30 seconds in, you're wore out. <laughs> it's because you're not used to breathing. Jesus said in Acts to the disciples, Go and wait. Go and wait. On what? Wait on the Spirit. You need the breath. You need my wind. Go and wait until you get the Spirit. Sometimes you need to wait. I don't have power. I'm exhausted. I'm burned out. Some of you are spiritually just out of breath. Ask yourself two questions. Number one, what am I doing that I should not be doing? That can take your breath. What is it that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing? The second question is, what am I not doing that I should be doing? That'll take your breath too. breath or the wind what good is a ship without wind not going anywhere so what happens when you're tired it's not in a good place it's not a good place to make decisions out of and if you're living your life tired i'll sleep when i die well you'll probably die soon i mean but what happens when you're tired 
the risk of sin goes up big time. Can't control yourself. You ever gone grocery shopping hungry? It's not a good thing. I went and picked up the groceries this week because Jesse was busy doing something else. And I, oh, I ended up at Walmart waiting on our car to be done with an oil change. So I said, I'll just go ahead and grab the groceries for the week. And I was starving. I hadn't eaten that day. And so Jesse calls me like, hey, what'd you, did you get everything? We go over what you got because I didn't have a list. I'm just thinking to myself, what do we need? Okay, for dinner, we'll do this dinner and that dinner. And the boys need this for school lunch. And we start going over stuff. And she's like, okay. And you got, and I just kept naming this. I got this for dinner. And I got, we could do pizzas one night. And I got tacos for one night. And I got brats for one night. And I got this. And she was like, so that's like eight dinners. And, you know, we eat at the church on Wednesday. And Friday, we were eating at the high school for the boys' football thing. So, really, we don't, we don't need eight dinners. And I still hadn't even named two or, I think, one or two of the dinners that I had in the buggy. I still didn't name. Right? So, for the last week, I had like nine or ten dinners in the buggy. Plus all kind of other extra stuff, too. She had to put some stuff back when she got there. I just kind of passed the buggy off to her, and I went to go check to see if the car was done with the oil change. She put back what she needed to. What the heck am I talking about? Oh, yeah, don't go shopping hungry. It's a bad idea. It's not a good idea. You end up spending your power bill on your groceries because everything looks good. When you're tired and you're wore out and you can't catch your breath... The risk of sin goes up. You're going to make some mistakes. Because just, you're tired. My house, sometimes we've just made a decision not to talk about anything important when we're really tired. We don't do it. What's the point? Second thing that happens when you're really tired is your emotions are out of control. Proverbs 21.5. So many things come to mind. Happy Mother's Day. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Hurry and scurry. Oh, I got to hurry up. I got to get this done. I got to go over here. I got to go over here. I got to pick up here. I got to go over here. It just gets you further and further behind. Take a breath. Careful planning puts you ahead. Your emotions will get out of control. Sometimes I just cry. Well, I'm just irritable. I'm just mad. And everything makes you mad. And everybody makes you mad. Maybe you've not had any rest. Maybe you've not poured into your soul. Third and last one thing that happens when you're when you're tired, you're empty inside. You get to the point where you can't feel. You don't hear God say things. You'll start saying, I'm, I'm burned out. You know you don't get burned out from doing too many things. You get burned out from doing the wrong things. 
had to hear that one from my pastor, Bruce. It's from doing the wrong things. Because if you're doing the right things, it will give you life. Do the things that give you life. I can't hear God. Psalm 46:10. Be still and know. Don't guess or question. Know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the heathen. See, even among the heathen that's in the midst of your brothers and sisters, everybody, I'll be exalted. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Oh, I can't hear God. Maybe you need to be still and know. I'm doubting. And be still. Slow down. Be still. Listen. Pastor Bruce says it's okay to go to bed exhausted. As long as you're waking up refreshed. But if you find yourself carrying the exhaustion from yesterday into your tomorrow, it's not healthy. You're not getting recharged and refilled. If your phone battery is on 50% when you wake up after charging it all night, then eventually it's going to catch back up. you got to charge it. If you're not getting your soul recharged, refreshed, Be still. Slow down. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, Look at Matthew. Matthew 6. Jesus was teaching this to the disciples. And he sends the disciples out. He got the 12 disciples and he sent them out two by two. He's like, you got to go two by two. You need to have accountability and connection. And I want you to go out and minister. Go out and pray for people. And he gives them instructions. And they go out and they do some really cool things. And they're praying for people. And They come back to Jesus. And verse 30 says, And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart unto a desert place and rest a while. For there were many comings and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. He said they didn't even have time to eat. They were running back and forth and ministering and praying for people. And they were doing good things. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. Jesus said, y'all need to go recharge. Hey, y'all need to just take a minute and get away. And let's, let's refill, boys. Take it easy. Slow down. Calm down. Good work. Now, take a breath. In all of your doing, don't forget to be. The song we sang, you're a child of God. You're his kids. And your doing has got to come out of your being. Not the other way around. Yeah, we're supposed to do and we're supposed to have good works. And you should be able to look at my life and and see fruit. And see all the good works. But it has to come out of who I am. Of knowing who I am. Who I be doing has to come out of your being 
You're being, you can't find your worth out of the things that you do. Otherwise, you'll burn out. It's backwards. So how can we take a rest? Three things. We got to have peace. And the wise woman was peaceable. And she was willing to even go to war. Chop off the head of rebellion for peace. A peacemaker. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. It's a peace that doesn't make sense. Nobody else understands it, but it's a gift for you. We got to have peace to take a rest. The second thing, Sabbath. Even God took a rest. God created everything in the whole world and plants and animals and trees and people. And, and then God took a rest just to sit back and take it all in. Look at it. take some time on a regular basis take a rest say hey we're not going to do anything right now we're just going to fill up and we're just going to spend time with family with other relationships that are life giving that are going to recharge us the third one stay close to Jesus Remember David said, he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Well, how's he going to lead you if you're not following him? If you're not close, you're going to get lost. And he's going to have to leave the 99 and go looking for you because you're the one. And you're falling off the edge of the cliff again. And yet, But there's no rest there. There's no rest in running. The rest is found when he leads you beside the still waters. To be led beside the still waters, you have to be following close. So stay close to Jesus. I'll read you Matthew eleven twenty eight, and we're done. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Read it to you in the Message Bible. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. This is Jesus talking. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. To the rhythm of grace. Not works. Not law. Relationship. Let's pray. God, thank you. God, today on Mother's Day, we thank you for all of our mothers whether with us or not, and whether great mothers or 
Maybe they fell short in some area or another. Probably did because they were human. But God, today, we thank you for our mothers. We honor our mothers. We honor the role that they have, do, and will play in our lives. Thank you for them. God, I pray a special blessing on all the mothers. That you would give them supernatural strength to be the wise women that you've called them to be. God, we love you. God, help us to all be wise, peaceable, faithful, and connected to you. Help us to take a rest for our soul. God, show us if there's any rebellion that we've hidden inside our hearts and our minds that's keeping us from peace and rest. God, thank you for growing us. God, thanks for teaching us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.